Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Meg Pog. She is a CEO, founder, and chief consultant of Mission Squared, an organizational development consulting firm that helps small to medium-sized organizations maximize their impact by transforming the workplace into a mission-aligned, fulfilling place to work. Meg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So can you share some of your story with us and how you got to be where you are today? Yeah, sure. I'll I'll be brief. I have kind of an interesting background. I um was very passionate about having a job that would make a difference in the world from a very young age. And I ended up getting my master's of science in social work, but with a concentration in organizational leadership. So I I knew that I wanted to um, kind of lead change efforts. And I was really interested and passionate about leadership and teams and high-performing teams. But I also was really into psychology behavioral psychology and kind of the nature of human growth and development. And so it was kind of a perfect fit for me to, to get that degree. And then I went in a role where I was the executive of a very small nonprofit. And I thought, I've got a master's degree in leadership. I'll do great. Right. And then I found out kind of through the school of hard knocks, what do you need to know to actually grow a thriving, sustainable organization that makes a big impact and and to be able to lead it as the executive through all those phases of growth. And I think um, something that was really a unique benefit to me and very helpful in my own growth and development was I had exceptional board members who were coaching me and mentoring me throughout the, the time where I was growing this little nonprofit from two people to 90 on payroll. And um, in that 10 years that I was there, I feel like I always say I made every mistake you can make in leading an organization and a team and um, just learned very quickly from those mistakes and got great advice from some of the best business minds in the state of Texas, at least. And so I, I was able to adapt and learn quickly and take my skills and background and knowledge and really apply it in the real world setting. And I loved it and um, decided that what I was really passionate about was helping other leaders to not make some of the mistakes I made as I was navigating all of that complexity and growth. So in walking through that, what are you grateful for? Oh my gosh, so much. I would say first, I am grateful for my potentially unhealthy high level of self-confidence. I'm grateful that I'm willing to be courageous and just dive in when I'm passionate about something. I'm grateful for that attribute. And I would say most importantly, I'm grateful for the support that I received from very high skilled people who were able to really empathize and put themselves in my shoes and give me the type of support I needed in the way I needed it as I was growing along the way through the journey. And I've had hundreds of people come to my aid and support from very unexpected places sometimes, and for no reason, just out of the generosity of their spirit and them believing in in the mission that I was promoting. I love that. What does neuroscience and psychology have to do with effective leadership? Yeah, everything, Amy. So we're leading people, 
right? In essence, an organization is a group of people trying to get stuff done together. And if you don't understand people, then you're always going to have confusion and friction. And I got really passionate about trying to understand why are people doing things the way that they're doing them? What's the psychology and what are those hidden dynamics that are influencing groups of people, but also kind of the neuroscience, how our brains work and how our brains and our emotions really trip us up and hold us back. So I became a student of dysfunction and toxicity and tried to figure out what are the root causes of this and not blaming the person, but looking at the true dynamics and kind of the way that our culture is and our individual differences and our psychological makeup. And then also just flat out neuroscience, how our brains work and how they filter and distort things and how our emotions can knock us sideways. And I had to really come to deep understanding of those dynamics to be able to help teams and individuals move out of dysfunction and and leap over the hurdles that they were experiencing. So you talk a lot about confronting hard truths to find balance. What are those and how does that allow us to get to where we want in life? Yeah. So what I see a lot is very well-intentioned, very intelligent people who are doing the best they can with what they've got. And sometimes they have blind spots and gaps and weaknesses that are holding them back. And we have to be able to start there and to look at those honestly. And I work really hard to be that positive source of growth and hold a kind mirror to my clients, a, a kind and accurate mirror of let's look at what's really happening. Let's look at the rational facts and where your growth areas are and where you're stumbling and trying to help people pull out of old patterns by, by seeing things for what they are. And it's, it's amazing how much we try to avoid looking at painful truths. And that's often my job is to come in and help us look at what are the, um, what are the behaviors that aren't working for us on this team? Where are we being dysfunctional? And also what role am I playing in our team's success? And what else could I be doing that I'm not doing? And also where do I derail progress? What are my habits or my lack of skills that really derail the success of my team or my organization? And when you start to ask those kinds of questions, you have to have some bravery to look at what's happening and what's my role in it. But that's also the most empowering thing you can do. If, if you're really looking for success and looking to make that impact and influence on the world, you've got to start by addressing the, the hard truths of where your limits are. That's ringing so true. To, even in my own world, you know, I'm thinking about uh, where I'm at in my business and working with people. And you do, in order to really deliver excellence and provide excellence, you have got to allow for that transformation and um, to that vulnerability. There's yeah. just no way around it. Yeah. We've really got to get over ourselves, Amy. Right? Yes. yes we want to right? That we're these great people that have no flaws, but yeah, potential is in our flaws that it's, it's our ability to look at our flaws and weaknesses that will take us to the next level. But we're so hesitant to do it as a society. We've got yeah. a lot of guilt and shame that, that really hold us back from looking at these things. I heard a quote the other day that said, when you fail, it's a bruise, not a tattoo. And so if you look at it that way, if it's a shortcoming or if it's something that you need to learn or whatever it may be, it's a bruise. Yeah. It's, it's not permanent. And I think that that kind of takes, can take some of the fear off, off mm -hmm. of, and, and the shame, you know, yeah. and I, I try and help my clients see that 
pain is information. So when you're experiencing frustration or anger or regret or disappointment, all that is is information for you. It's the universe saying, pay attention, right? This is, this is what you're here to learn. This is that next hurdle for you. And I think we tend to look at things that aren't going well, and we either don't want to admit we have a part in it, or we look at our part in it and we take it personally. We don't just look at, okay, I, that was my approach. I could have approached it differently. We think I'm bad. I am incapable of this, or I am undeserving, or I'm not skilled enough for this. Instead of just looking at my growth areas, honestly, for what they are and adjusting course along the way. Yes. That's so good. What tough things happen in life and how can we start to move past those things and not allow them to affect our future? You know, I I'm obsessed with adversity. I'm obsessed with these moments of challenge, these moments of yuck and strain, because I've figured out that that's our fodder for learning and life gives us plenty of that. We do not live in a gentle, easy world. And when we're trying to do something different and create something and influence the world around us, we're setting ourselves up for a lot of adversity. And so the, the hack here in adversity that I talk about is instead of seeing adversity as something bad and something I have to overcome and something that I don't want, let's embrace it. Let's look at all these challenges that we're hitting. And instead of seeing them negatively, let's just go, okay. I'm doing a next level thing and this is the next level challenge, right? I've, I've pushed myself and the world is pushing back and giving me everything that I need to learn and grow. And it can show up in any way. And it's different for all of us. One thing that might be triggering or set you back may not do that for me and vice versa. So adversity really is the, it's the universe kind of knocking on our door and saying, pay attention. Here's your growth. Here's your next lesson. So if somebody is actually experiencing that and they, they're kind of feeling like, wow, like I, I screwed up or I made a mistake or whatever it may be. And they're kind of in that, that state of, you know, trying to grow from it. And maybe they don't know what to do next, or they think back to the horrible experience that they just had, they don't want to repeat it. And now they're frozen moving forward. What would you say to them? Yeah, absolutely. This is where I'm going to geek out on a little bit of neuroscience for you is there's essentially two different modes of operation in our brains and it affects our bodies and our emotions. And so there's, there's two kind of ways that your brain operates and one is called survival mode. And in that mode, you're kind of, you're getting triggered by adversity or by things happening and you feel a little bit threatened and you go into survival mode where your brain doesn't operate very smoothly. It doesn't, the parts of your brain don't talk to each other and your thoughts are, are disjointed and incoherent. So your, your brain is actually a little bit dumber <laughs> when you're in survival mode and you, you don't see opportunity. You kind of put on these blinders, right? And you just go back to old habits and old patterns of being and deci old decisions and old approaches that worked for you before to get out of pain. Because your focus in survival mode is get me out of pain, get me out of frustration. The other mode of operating in your brain, I call the mode of learning and creation. So in this mode of operation, your brain isn't trying to just survive. It's trying to figure out what do I need to learn from what's happening right now to create 
the vision that I have for this or to influence or contribute in the way that I want to? What do I need to figure out? Where are the rational facts? Who do I want to be in this moment? What's important for me? Where are my opportunities? And how can I prioritize and act on those? And when you're, you're just thinking about those kinds of things and you're in this mode of brain operation, your brain is much more coherent. Your thought patterns are smoother and your, the parts of your brain talk to each other and you're able to see more complexity and opportunity and really tap that prefrontal cortex or the logical part of your brain that deals with complexity and rational thought. So our brain can either work for us or against us. And it's actually our decision. Once we start thinking survival-based thoughts, our brain starts to get more and more into that mode. And we've got these old and green pathways that think like that. But we can also flip the switch and go, you know what? I'm not going to go down that path. I know where it gets me. It gets me right back here to these same mistakes, same situations. So let me start to be more creative. Let me be honest and curious and think about who I want to be in this moment and what I want to contribute and your brain will start to work for you. How can businesses take these truths to their teams to create a better culture? I really like Gallup's definition of culture. Let's start there. Like what really is culture? And they say it's the way things are around here. So let's say you're interviewing for a job and the company tells you about their culture. These are our core values and this is this is how our environment is. And then you actually get hired and you get in there. And after a couple of days, you see really how things are around here. What are the true attitudes that are driving people's behaviors, right? What are the mindsets? What are the beliefs that seem to resonate with people? How do they treat each other? What's acceptable? What's not acceptable, right? So like I said, a group of people is just a group of humans with this kind of flawed human brain, <laughs> this human operating system 1.0. I hear neuroscientists say we're We've got this operating system 1.0 that's great for hunting and gathering, but it's not as great for what we're trying to do in our complex society where we're in organizations and teams in complex settings trying to work together to get things done. Our brains just aren't quite there in the, the way that they function. So I think that the more we can understand psychology and neuroscience at at least a functional basic level to understand what's triggering our behavior, what's really motivating us and how to adjust into more functional, constructive patterns. You know, the more we can understand that, the more we can take the reins and, and stop feeling like everything is so confusing and chaotic, right? I, I feel like our environment has become very high stimulus, very high stress, very confusing. And it's like the more pressure we feel the more likely we are to go into survival mode. So I work with teams and organizations to understand these dynamics and create a culture where our attitudes and our beliefs are going to be conducive to good choices and dealing with our emotions constructively, dealing with adversity constructively, to be in a growth and learning phase and be trying to do our best and just stay curious, you know, focus on my learning and my growth and don't focus so much on blame and shame and look at ways where we can really meaningfully support each other and support our humanity and admit we're all humans. We have emotions and we have these wiring systems in our brains. And so how can we work together knowing that in a way that's going to be supportive for our success? Can you share some of your client success stories with us? 
Yeah. Yeah. And this is what keeps me going. Like I said, I left kind of uh, one career trajectory and just went out on a limb and said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get certified in this. I'm going to just hang my shingle and I'm going to figure out how to be the best consultant or coach I can be for these teams and these leaders. And I can't say I haven't stumbled. I've had incredible fast paced learning the whole time. And what keeps me going in all this complexity um, is the successes and the aha moments. And when my clients really leap over those hurdles, right? Then it all the complexity and stress for both of us, we're able to go, ah, this is what it was all about. So just a few concrete examples of that. I work with individual executives sometimes to really go deep into their psychological profile, to, to use really good assessment instruments like the parent work style assessment, to look at their thinking and relating styles and, and their drivers and their different intensities, and to use that information to explain why do I have these team members that are complaining about me in this way? Or why can't I seem to break through with this person? Or why can't I get this person to trust me? Right. And so it's those things that really hold us back. They're usually the people dynamics. And by helping someone understand themselves and the people around them, and again, to look at the hard truths, and, and I can start to give them very proven concrete models to try out new behaviors, try out new approaches new paradigms of leadership, and even new beliefs. And they start to really see this amazing ripple effect where they're building trust. And then all of a sudden, you know, they gain so much learning and understanding of what's actually been happening on their team. And people start to confide in them and really invest. And they, they get to start to show up for each other with a lot of heart and not just a lot of stress and survival brain and, and tap into what inspires people around them. And then the results take care of themselves, right? Once you understand how to be a human and connect powerfully with another human, the, the what, the results, the goals, they're going to take care of themselves. And so I help individuals to kind of break through those barriers. And I also help teams to really um, have some shared understanding and language and commitments to each other about how they want to be together and to develop their skills um, in leadership or in emotional intelligence, you know, the ability to navigate stress and not let it knock you sideways and resilience and, and to help them kind of decide what new person they want to be in the workplace. They don't have to be the same person they always were. They don't have to be the same team. They can shape it together and they can be intentional about the culture that they want. And I have seen teams just do a full about face and dramatically change the way that they're interacting and the way that they're working together. And you can just see the level of fulfillment skyrocket where work used to be something they endured. And now it's a place they feel proud to show up and feel like they're doing something important. So you recently published the adversity hack. Can you share a little bit about your book and how it helps businesses get to where they want to go? Yeah, thanks. So you can tell I'm a little obsessed with this kind of emotional intelligence and neuroscience and psychology. And what I found when I started working with clients was I could give them all these great ideas and models and suggestions, but they didn't own it. They didn't figure it out for themselves. And so they would kind of be a little confused or noncommittal, right? And they would go back into the workplace and do the same dysfunctional things that were eroding trust and destroying their own results. And so I realized I needed a self-coaching protocol, like a system that someone could use 
and a bunch of questions they could ask themselves um, to be able to coach themselves through it. And I didn't want them to need me. And I figured out that adversity is that opportunity. Let's use every situation of adversity or strain or stress, and let's use it to our benefit. So here's a system called the adversity cycle that every time you have adversity, use this and you will start to shift your approaches. You'll improve your emotional intelligence dramatically and start to make much better choices. And then you don't need me and you have this tool forever and you can continue to use it for your own growth really endlessly. You can use it your whole life. We are, we're always a work in progress. And so the adversity hack is essentially that a handbook on how to use the self-coaching system to kind of pull out of some of your dysfunctional crap and start to make better choices and experiment with different ways of being that pull you out of ego and put you in a different place where you're coming from your higher self, from your best self, and that that's how you're showing up in the world. So what do you think is your truth that's gotten you this far in your journey? Well, so this, it's interesting. Just the word truth is interesting. I'm going to get a little existential on you. I think one of the most beneficial truths for me is that there is no static truth. There's no such thing as the perfect lesson and a truth that, that will never change and that you can apply to everything. What I've realized is that everything is always evolving and my understanding of things is deepening and expanding. And so I don't cling to what worked for me yesterday. And I'm always curious. I'm always trying to grow and expand and learn. And I think instead of saying, I guess that's a truth, I'd say it's more a guiding principle that I have of curiosity and kind of probing at truth. That's interesting. I like that. <laughs> and one more question. If you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out in your journey, what would it be? Yeah. So this is an easy one, Amy. And it's, I can tell you this is a hard one lesson and it's one that I share a lot with, with leaders and teams that I'm working with. And that is to follow my heart. Stop thinking so much. Stop being so in your head. Our brains don't even work that well. So why are we thinking so much, right? We have tens of thousands of thoughts every day and research would show that 90 to 95% of what I think tomorrow will be the same as what I thought today. So what's the value in thinking so much? We get really trapped in our heads and, and are often, again, trying to think things through in a way that's a little dysfunctional and just based on our old habits. But when we can tap into our hearts and what we truly care about, we'll have more passion, we'll have more drive, and we can start to have more empathy and patience with other people and focus on what's really important to us. And I really wish I would have leaned into my heart more because ultimately the, the best decisions I've made in my life, I didn't make with my head. I made them with my heart. Yeah. I love that. And, and how many times too, like in your head, things don't make sense. You can't make them make sense because it's a growth process with some things, you know, like you said, you consistently change your opinions, consistently change as we, if, as you learn new things. Mm -hmm. So if you're always in your head, and you're depending on everything making sense. I mean, that kind of drive you nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really, you're just trying to make sense of the world. And what if it just doesn't make that much sense? And that's okay. Right? Yeah. Like you have to kind of let go and just, yeah. okay, well, I have no clue. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> because I may not know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to contribute. 
yeah. a leader, right? I have something to do. I have something to give. I'm going to focus on that and stop trying to figure out all the different rationalizations I need to feel okay and feel like things are going to be okay. Right. I love that. So if there's people that are listening that would love to work with you, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah. So our website is mission-squared. Um, and there's a little information button and more about our services. And you can just click the contact us. And that actually goes right to me. And I love getting those emails um, from people who just learn a little bit more about us. And um, we've also on LinkedIn, I would say also like anyone can connect with me on LinkedIn. I've always got fun shares and posts and things. So um, I love to connect and love to hear from people and um, offer all kinds of, of support and connections. And anytime I can actually dig in there and work with someone for a, a transformational process, that is my passion and my love. So also your book, is that available on your website as well? Uh, it's actually the easiest way to get it is Amazon or okay. Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. And I wanted to also let you know that we are making a run for Amazon bestseller. Amazon is definitely the best place, especially because of paper shortages right now. Mm -hmm. um, they seem to have things figured out on their end. So, yeah. Perfect. And I'll put those links down below as well. Meg, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You ask great questions. Yeah. I'm so glad that you came on today. And uh, I know that there's so many that struggle with, and I could identify with everything you're saying through the entire podcast. So it's been amazing. And if you're listening and you want more information about our upcoming shows and the podcast, you can go to a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone. And have a wonderful